0: Well, welcome to the Miami Church Podcast. My name is Greg, and I am so glad that you are listening right now. Listen, man, life is hard, but we are here to help you. And so I hope you enjoy today's message. And man, our, our, our real prayer and our real hope is that, that the message today will help you take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Well, happy 4th of July. I hope you have a great day today and celebrate food and barbecue and fireworks. Uh, But I want to start this morning by talking about kind of a strange thing, road rage. I remember I was in middle school, junior high, and I was in a car with one of my neighbors. He was a friend. We were really close family friends. He's a high school student, and he's driving me home. Uh, from an event. Again, we lived like right around the corner from each other. And as we're driving home, someone pulls in front of him. And I I don't remember it being like egregious, but something triggered his rage, his road rage. And all of these years later, I can still remember the look in his face. And And he sped up and he got right behind the guy and he tailgated him and he got really close. And it was like, I told you. And I'm like, what? You ever experienced road rage? I mean, what is it? It's aggressive or angry behavior exhibited by a driver. Behaviors include rude or offensive gestures, verbal insults, physical threats, dangerous driving methods targeted toward another driver or pedestrian, that's scary, in an effort to intimidate or release frustration. You you ever had road rage? Don't raise your hand. I mean, why? What, what did you do? I mean, what, what causes this kind of rage? What causes this kind of anger? We're in a message series uh, called Unclean, and this is actually part four. And we're saying unclean. How do you say no to the emotions that compete for control of you? And these emotions are inside of you, and they're competing for control. Now, we're in part four, and this entire series has been based on a conversation that Jesus had with some religious leaders. And Matthew, who was a tax collector turned follower, he records this conversation in the Gospel of Matthew. And the conversation is between these religious leaders who had come up from Jerusalem, and they had these oral laws and the traditions, and they were so concerned about these oral laws and traditions that Jesus says, hey, you're worried about the wrong stuff. I mean, look what he says, Matthew chapter 15. Jesus says, Hey, don't you see that everything that enters the mouth goes in the stomach and comes out? Like what you eat, it goes in, goes in the stomach and then you expel it. Like, okay, we get that, Jesus. <laughs> look what he says. But these things that come out of a person's mouth, he says, what? They come from the, the heart. The things that come out. They originate from within, the inside of you and inside of me. They come from the heart. And Jesus says, those are the things that make someone unclean. And again, this, this word unclean, it means to defile, defilement from within. It's the idea of, of there's something that puts you at odds with God. It puts you at odds with others. And Jesus says, hey, listen, listen, that it's, it's your heart, It's my heart. It's what's inside of you and inside of me. It's it's the heart that's showing. It's the heart that's leaking. There's this overflow of your heart, and your heart is showing, and your your heart is leaking. And and your actions, your, your actions, my actions, your behaviors, they begin in the heart. And the people closest to you are experiencing the overflow of your heart every single day. And Jesus says evil thoughts, they come out of a person's heart. They come from within. And and thoughts of murder and adultery and sexual sins and stealing and false witness and telling lies and and greed and anger and jealousy and deceit and immorality and, and theft and arrogance and bad judgment. These come from within. And Jesus says these are the things that make you unclean. But this, the outside stuff, not washing your hands, not keeping these oral laws, no, no, no. Jesus is saying, listen, following Jesus, following me has never been about behavior modification, cleaning up the outside, looking good on the outside. No. And you may have experienced some churches or even some Christians that would have you believe this. And even as kids and, and as adults, we're taught to... to Monitor our behavior we're expected in school. Sit down, be quiet at work, at home. right? We monitor the behavior, the external or outside, but Jesus says, that, that will only take you so far. That, that may keep you out of trouble, it may do a few, but, but that only take you so far. True followership, if you really want to follow me, it's not about behavior modification, it's about transformation. It's about changing from the inside out. It's about transformation of the heart the core, the soul. And in this series, what we're trying to do is say, hey, pay attention to your heart. Pay attention to your emotion, the inside. What are the things inside of you that are trying to take control of your life? And, it, and it's, that, it's, it's that that can get in the way of you living your life, and whether it's guilt or envy or insecurity or fear. Today, I want to talk about this word, anger. I mean, come on. Nobody wants anger to be in control of them. The people closest to you don't want anger to control you. I mean think about it. I mean how different would your life be if your dad had not let his anger control him? I mean how different would your life be if you did not let anger control you? Now, obviously, there are different types of anger. There's kind of this extroverted anger. This is that explosion, eruption. This is that volcano, the yelling and the light, being loud and stuff flying. I mean, you saw this kind of in the road rage, right? He gets mad, and he's angry, and he expresses it by driving erratically and going crazy. There's also an introverted type of anger. And this is where you, you, you don't lose your temper. You don't explode. You don't blow up. This is the kind of anger where where you shut down, right? And you you shut down. And and this is where like your scary, your moodiness, your silence are controlling, right? And, And whether you let it out and explode or shove it down, it's still anger. Now, I think it's important to note there is another kind of anger. Maybe you could call this crusader anger. This is the type of anger that stirs people to crusade against evil and injustice. And it's led to great things. I mean, look at Jesus. He was angry that they were using the house of God for profit. They were deceiving, and he flipped tables over. And we need this type of anger when it comes to racism and injustice and mistreatment and how uh, for the uh, under-resourced. But see, the difference, and here's the key. Pay attention to this. There's a difference between when others aren't getting what they deserve And when I'm not getting what I'm sure I deserve. See, one is constructive, the other is destructive. And today, in this conversation, the focus is anger. When I'm not getting what I'm sure I deserve. I'm not getting what I'm sure I deserve. Now, James, the brother of Jesus, who was a leader in the first church, He has a lot to say about this. Now, this is is interesting. This is a little aside. History tells us that James was one of the first followers of Jesus to be killed for his belief in Jesus. In fact, it was around 62 A.D. And this is not recorded in the book of Acts, in the Bible, or the story of the first church. I mean, why? Because Acts was written before James was killed. And maybe you've had or you have a professor or a friend or someone who says, well, the Bible was just made up years and years later. It's actually not true. Less than 30 years after the resurrection of Jesus, there were eyewitnesses who were alive and recorded these events. And so here's James, the brother of Jesus. He's a leader in the first church. He was known as James the Just, and he wrote this, James 3. If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life. Do good works with humility that comes from wisdom. And James says, hey, a wise person, someone who's wise, has insight. Well, wise people understand that life is connected and keeps things in perspective. And James said signs of wisdom, indicators of wisdom, are doing good things or good works with humility. And wisdom, true wisdom, always leads to humility. And humility is a powerful, powerful thing, but very unnatural. Look what he says, verse 14. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. Now again, bitterly jailed. Envy. We talked about this in in part three. This is just an ugly, ugly thing, this envy and jealousy and comparison. And and if this gets root in your heart, it leads to to ruin. It leads to destruction. And if you let that stuff live down in there, unaddressed, it's going to be a problem if you don't deal with With the demons, they're going to go into the cellar of your soul and lift weights. And James is saying, hey, don't get stuck and satisfied. Don't pretend everything is okay. Oh, it's fine. God's called you to something better. Look what he says in verse 10. He says, for jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly and unspiritual and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. And when this gets internal and when this gets rooted in your heart, what happens, friends, is it leaks and it overflows and there's all kinds of disorder and evil of every kind. And we see this all in ourselves, but also all over the world. And this is bad and it leads to ruin and destruction and horror and pain and when anger and arrogance gets lodged in your heart, there's going to be disorder and every evil practice. And what's going on inside of you is coming from, for you and for those around you. And James, the brother of Jesus, <laughs> this is so good. He tells us how to keep anger from getting lodged in our hearts. He, he tells us how to keep anger from coming after us and trying to control us. And he pauses... And he asked a really good question. James 4. What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? I mean, why the hostility? Why the conflict? Why road rage? I mean, where does this come from? James. Uh, Time out. Okay. What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? I think you missed the point here, James. It's not what, it's who. It's not what is causing, it's who is causing. It's a who, James. It's, it's my mom. I mean, it's my boss. It's my spouse. It's my ninth grade son. James, it's not, it's not a what, it's a who. And James says, hey, as long as you think it's a who, you will never get to the real what. As long as you think it's a who... You'll never get to the real what? James says in James 4, don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? What? Your desires at war within you. I mean, where? Inside of you, at your core, in your heart. Now, now, pay attention here. Listen, this is, James is dropping some gold nuggets on us, and this is actually life-changing insight from James, the brother of Jesus, if we'll pay attention. Well, no, 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 James. No, no, they don't come from me. The reason that I struggle is her. The reason that I struggle is them. The re- it's not me. They are unwilling to see or do things my way. My way is right. And what James is saying to you and saying to me, that as long as you think the source of your anger is out there, you're never going to deal with it. James says, don't they come from the evil desires at war? Where? Within you. Yes. Every single time. angers, Anger fights quarrels. Why? Because we are not getting something we want or desire. I'm not getting what I want. What's the source, James? I'm not getting what I want. James 4.2, you want what you don't have, so you scheme and you kill to get it. And James's point is, hey, if, if you don't recognize that the source of your anger is in here, not out there, you're never going to deal with it. And James says we have the potential to take things to unhealthy, even destructive extremes. I mean, this is the what behind road rage. This is the what behind murder, right? Somebody wanted something that they're not getting. James continues. He says, you're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. And the source of your anger and the source of anger, where it comes from, it comes from within. From the heart, you're not getting what you want. You're not getting what you desire. You're not getting your way. So what do you do? How do you deal with it? James says this. We skip ahead to verse 6, James 4, 6. And God gives grace generously, as the scriptures say. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Again, James here is quoting Proverbs three thirty four, verse 7. So what do you do? humble yourself before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and he will come close to you. James says, hey, humble yourself before God, resist the devil, he'll flee. Come close to God, and he will come close to you. You You see the promise here? This promise is if you come close, if you draw near. That God will, the promise, God will come close. He will come close to you. He will be close to, James to you. Draw near, come close, and the promise, according to James or Brother Jesus, is that God will draw near. God will come close. What does that look like? I know for me that one of the key ways, and this is a foundational belief at our church, that one of the key ways that we draw close to God is through His Word. And every day each morning as I, as I try to spend time with God, I, I, I open His Word, I take a few breaths. And I see simple prayers like, God, open my eyes, break my heart. God, what is it that you're saying to me? What, what are you up to? It's why on Sundays, it's why at our neighborhood teams, it's why we encourage you personally, we challenge us corporately to engage God's Word. We believe God wants to draw close to you through His Word. See, friends, we had to come to this place where we just own it. We just admit it. We acknowledge it. Hey, you you know what the problem is? I'm not getting what I want. I'm not getting my way. I mean, in an argument with your spouse or a friend or your boss, when the temperature's rising, when the trigger is is flipped, there's this awareness. It's almost like you could just say it out loud. You know why I'm mad? I'm not getting what I want. There's times I'll find myself yelling at my kids, and I'm like, why am I yelling at my kids? But if, if I really reflect, if I'm really aware, it's because I'm not getting what I want. I wanted peace and quiet. I wanted to rest. I wanted some alone time. And I'm not getting what I want. Friends, what, what is your relationship with anger? Do, do you let it control you? Do, do you let it control your mouth and your mood? Are you ready to put an end to that? Are you ready to stare anger in the face and say, Anger, you will you're gonna not control me. You're going to have to humble yourself. You're going to have to own it. You're going to have to name it. You're going to have to say, hey, part of the problem is I'm not getting my way. When you when you feel it rising, when you feel it building, when you feel the temperature going, anger, I'm onto to you. you. You want me to think it's all about them. It's not. Part of the problem is I'm not getting what I want. I'm Owning it. Friends, if you're a follower of Jesus, he does not want you to be controlled by anger because anger hurts you. It hurts you. It ruins it. Destroys It hurts the people around you. Instead, Jesus looks at you. He says, he wants to be in control. Hey, I am your boss. And by the way, Jesus didn't always get his way. Jesus said no to what he wanted so that we could get what we needed most. I mean, remember the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus is praying. In fact, he's praying so intensely that he's sweating drops of blood. He's like, God, is there any other way? Can we go any other way? And he shows such great restraint. In fact, the Apostle Paul captured it in Philippians 2. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus, who, being in the nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to his own advantage, but rather he made himself Nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. See, it's okay not to get everything you want or deserve. I mean, one of the reasons that following Jesus will make your life better and make you better at life is that he nudges you away from self-centeredness and arrogance toward other-centeredness and humility. And the result is a bigger and better life one in which anger is not in control of you friends don't let anger ruin and destroy don't don't be like my friend driving me home in the car like and he gets triggered friends It's okay, we're not, I'm not getting what I want. Own it, admit it, I'm not getting what I want. I want this, I'm not getting what I want. It's triggering anger. I will not let anger control me. Instead, I'm going to take on the mind of Christ. I'm going to move toward Him and toward humility. And I'm going to own it, admit I'm not getting what I want. Instead, I'm going to come close to Him and He's going to draw near to me. I mean, how would the world be different? I mean, how would our church... How would our city, how would our community be different if there were a group of, of men and women on a journey, not perfect, we're flawed, we're, we're deeply flawed. But what if there were a group of men and women who took seriously what James, the brother of Jesus, were saying, and we, and we owned that, that our anger, we owned that, that we weren't going to let this control, instead that we were going to be controlled by the Spirit of God. And instead of lashing out or, or, or even pushing down and, and, and having the moodiness or, or the anger, instead of that, we were going to respond in humility. We were going to respond in grace. Aren't you glad that God looks at you and me in our imperfections and our mistakes and He doesn't look at us through, through anger? but Instead, He looks at us through love. And He says, yeah, I see that. It's not good. But I love you anyway. Thanks so much for listening today. We would love to hear from you. You can always reach out to us on our social media channels or send us an email at helloatmiamichurch.com. Also, be sure to subscribe because you don't want to miss out on any future conversations. I hope our time together inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey.